But now, according to Alzheimer's New Zealand, almost 70,000 Kiwis are living with dementia in New Zealand, with this number expected to grow to 170,000 by 2050. The numbers are increasing at a faster rate among Māori, Pacifica and Asian populations in New Zealand. This week, a groundbreaking therapy has been rolled out to treat Māori living with the condition. Here with us from Awanui Northland is Dr Makarena Dudley, the lead researcher on the project. Tēnā koe Makarena, thank you for joining us. Kia ora, it's lovely to be here. Yamahi. It's Instead of using the term dementia, you're changing the wording to matia wariwari. Can you tell us about that? Certainly, yes. So we spoke to oh, around 400 uh, Māori elders around the country and um, we wanted to get some idea of the understanding of this condition and their experience of this condition. And one of the uh, themes that came out of um, those discussions was that they didn't like the term dementia and all its negative associations. And what they wanted to do was find their own words, find our own words um, to represent this condition. So there were lots of different words and terms that were used in different areas and in different tribes throughout the country. But the most common term that came through was the term mate wariwari. And so um, we decided because that was the the consensus, if you like, amongst most Māori, then that was the term that we would use and the term that we would adopt. And what we wanted to do was try and talk about this condition more from a a strength-based place, not so much from a deficit place, and certainly um, without the association of the negative stigma that's uh, usually attached to the the word dementia. So that's why we use the term mate wariwari in our research and in all our writings. What are the symptoms and behaviours associated with mate wariwari? So obviously it depends on what stage the person is at. But usually um, in the early stages, um, uh, the the person will become confused. They might uh, be unsure of what they've uh, what they're about to do i mean we all have episodes of that as we get older but this becomes more regular and more often and kind of interferes with how the person functions on a daily basis so there is confusion that sets in um they may become uh, disorientated in terms of where they are um what time it is what time of the year it is and uh, so that's one of the symptoms. One of the early symptoms is difficulty in finding the right words um, to express themselves, and this becomes more and more of a problem as the as the as the um, as the disease. I don't like to call it a disease, but as the condition uh, worsens, and of course, in the early stages, there. Uh, memory uh, problems with with memory usually in the early stages with new like more recent memories uh there are 
lots of difficulties. And later on, as the disease progresses, the um, the person starts to experience loss of long-term memories as well. So all of these, and the, you know, like each person is individual, um, but all of the condition or all of the behaviours that present gradually deteriorate and become worse as those parts of the brain break down and as those uh, neurons in the that part of the brain die off and stop functioning, then the person will eventually lose um, the ability to perform those particular functions at all. So very much a a loss of functioning in, in the way uh, a person thinks in their, their thinking abilities. And it can graduate to, well, it usually does, graduate to loss of uh, physical uh, abilities as well. How easy is it to, to detect in the early stages? So we do um, we do what we call uh, cognitive testing. Uh, so this is usually done uh, by a team of people, and it will involve uh, a neuropsychological assessment, which will look at how the person is functioning across the different cognitive domains, um, across the different types of uh, thinking abilities. Uh, in terms of memory, in terms of our executive functioning, how well we are able to problem solve, in terms of, um, did I say a memory, cognitive functioning, problem solving, and our language ability. So we have pen and pencil, uh, pencil and paper tests to detect uh, deterioration. And in the early stages, a person may present with what we call mild cognitive impairment. Um, there also needs to be an evaluation of the person's functional abilities, just how well uh, are they you know, functioning on a daily basis. And usually these questions are directed or asked of uh, the whānau or a whānau member. Um, so if a person does present with mild cognitive impairment and some functional uh, difficulties, then... If they are fortunate enough, then they will be monitored to uh, to to find out to, to, to track whether or not that they are you know that those symptoms are worsening. Uh, there can be uh, if the person is fortunate enough, there uh, can be um, there will be other sort of tests done, such as um, MRI scans, uh, medical tests from a medical specialist. Uh, just to check their, um, you know, their physical capabilities and so on. So there's a number of people who are involved in diagnosis. If a person is diagnosed earlier, then there are some pharmacological interventions that can help that person cope, can help with their cognitive functioning, with the way they're thinking, and um, can help uh, stabilise their moods if that is required. So there are advantages to early diagnosis. Tell us about the statistics around Māori living with mate wariwari or dementia for people mm. not familiar with the with the Māori with the te reo term. Could you yeah, could you right. talk to us about that? In terms of dementia or mate wariwari with Māori, we suspect that Māori um present uh, uh more likely to present with mate wari wari, the non-Māori. And this is because Māori um, also present with comorbidities uh, 
such as hypertension, diabetes, um, obesity, um, risk factors that lead to uh, that that can lead. They don't necessarily do, but they can lead to uh, dementia, coupled with socioeconomic disadvantage, um, such as having less access to education and healthcare. Coupled with that, then uh, there is, we, we feel, we think that Māori are more likely to present with mate ware ware uh, and at an earlier age. So we don't have any... Um, we don't have any definitive evidence for this, but um, there have been a couple of small studies done out of Middlemore Hospital, which suggests that this is likely to be the case. So um, the estimations that we do have actually has have been um, have have come about from uh, data information that we've received from overseas, so from uh, Indigenous people overseas. So. That that information has been extrapolated to uh, a New Zealand situation, but in actual fact, no actual prevalence study has been conducted here. However, myself and my colleagues um, have recently been funded by the Health Research Council of New Zealand to conduct such a prevalence study, and that um, got underway uh, late last year, and we are actually going to start um, door-knocking, if you like, uh, in May, um, starting off in the far north in Kaitai, where I am up here, and then we will work our way through the country, and then we will get a much more accurate uh, a picture or estimation of, of the uh, prevalence or to the extent to which mate wari wari does exist out there in the Māori community. There hasn't been a prevalent study with a non-Māori or Pākehā, Pacifica or Asian, but um, hopefully that will that's in the works and that, um, that will occur and that will happen uh, as a kind of a follow-up to what we're doing. But we're quite, I don't know if we're proud of it, but we are certainly the first... Indigenous uh, people uh, in the world who would have conducted a prevalence study um, for matewarewari for dementia. So that, that that study will sorry that study will take about three years for us to complete. Right, very mm. good. So when we come back to the reference mm. to be, to Maori being more likely, yes to have matewarewari and that the numbers are increasing at a faster rate around Māori, Pacifica and Asian populations. Yes. What numbers are we talking about comparatively then? Like how um, much so, faster? How well, much more likely? Well, we don't we don't know. We don't know until we do. It's 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 a guess. We don't know. We won't know until we've done the prevalence study. Um once we get that data and that's why it's so important, um, you know, to have that data because then we—it's all guesstimation at this stage. Uh, we there's a lot of anecdotal uh, evidence out there. I had one uh, senior occupational therapist in who works in Rotorua, and she said, from she she travels to a small Maori um, community nearby, and she thought in her estimation, one in every three um, Māori elder presented with mate wariwari, or the symptoms or the behaviours of mate wariwari, but they're undiagnosed. So, and I said to her, why are they undiagnosed? And she said, because they don't want to present to hospital. 
they don't want to for whatever reason um generally across the health sector maori are less likely to present for medical care anyway but for whatever the reason is, and it's probably because I, I would say one of the reasons is because um, you know that just don't feel culturally safe or culturally uh, comfortable attending or um, attending or accessing medical medical care. So it's very much um, I, I can't say we can't say at this stage. We the, the small uh, as I said the small study that was conducted out of Middlemore Hospital did show that um, Māori are up to uh, likely to receive a diagnosis up to eight years earlier than non-Māori, Pacifica up to five years earlier than non-Māori. Um, but that was a very small sample, so we can't generalise, I can't generalise from that. Uh, we will know that in a couple of years' time, and that information is going to be incredibly um useful obviously for obvious reasons but you know it will inform dementia services it will matiwarawari services it will inform uh government policy and so on and so forth so yeah we just got to get on with the work very good now this week speaking of getting on with the work you've launched a groundbreaking Mm. therapy how does it work can you describe it to us so it's a program that came out of the uk initially and um, it it uh, has been um, accepted and adapted and or used utilized in many countries around the world. And when I looked at it, and we there are a couple of um, uh, of my colleagues who became trained, became master trainers of this program, uh, and Dr. Shung and Dr. Perry, and. Um, they introduced it to me and I looked at it and I love the platform of it. I love the idea of it, uh, that it was about bringing um, elderly people together who had mild to moderate um, dementia and, um, and, 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 and recruiting them into this program, which is, lasts for about seven weeks. It's two sessions a week for about a one hour per session and involving them in activities that generate uh, that, that, challenge their thinking and so it, and it's coupled with um socialization which we know is a good thing for um warding off or slowing down the onset or uh, slowing down the progress of mati wari wari or even uh for uh, preventing the onset of mati wari wari one of those as i said one of those um factors is socialization so it's bringing elderly people together and getting them involved in a program uh, that stimulates their thinking. And it was shown to be, um, so they did a randomised control trial in the UK and it was proven to be effective, uh, as I said, with people with for people with mild to moderate dementia. So I was interested in this program because of the platform and, and how it was presented. But obviously, what I realised, of course, immediately was that the content of the program would not have been um, would not be suitable or appropriate or relevant to to Maori. So I thought I got a group of um, colleagues together, and I we said if we can change the content um, of the program without changing the underlying theory. Uh, then this is going to be a program that we would love to uh, introduce to uh, Kaumatua, uh, to our Kui and Kaumatua. We wanted to retain the integrity of the theory behind 
the program in order to be presenting, in order to have a program that was effective, that had been proven to be effective. So um, so that's what we set out to do. We went to Whakatane and we spoke with um, representatives from Alzheimer's New Zealand Bay of Plenty, Eastern Bay of Plenty, and with local Komatua. And we showed them the program. We had lots of hui and discussions about how it needed to be changed. Um, so there are these theories um, in which it's based and one of them is reality orientation. And that's just a like about repetition of where that person is in time, place, a time and place. And so that is a theme that runs throughout the program a lot. It, uh, as I said earl- earlier on, one of the uh, pro- behaviors that the person presents with is confusion. So we, so what we do is repeat over and over the time, uh, what time it is, where they are, and who they're with. Um, so that's part of the pro, one of the theories it's based on reality orientation. Then there's reminiscence therapy. And what that is, is accessing long-term memories, sometimes buried um, and not brought to, you know, to the, to brought forward unless, uh, unless we're giving triggers or prompts, uh, such as pictures, such as objects, uh, music, food, different types of stimulus that prompts uh, these old memories to come forward. And then what we do was, is we get the person, we get the individual, we ask the individual to link that long-term memory with what might be happening uh, in current times. For example, we might get them to talk about some of the um, film stars of back in the day. And then we ask them if they know of any film stars today or what do they think of the film stars today. And so we bring it into current times and in that way kind of creating new ideas and new thoughts then there's the third um uh the third um rationale is validation therapy and so we focus on the emotional meaning of what people say or do rather than factual content so a person is never right or wrong um we reinforce um empathic listening, if you like, and encourage people to uh, encourage people by validating them and validating what they are saying and invalidating by validating their emotions. Um, and then finally, um, <clears throat> uh, the fourth layer of, of this program is multi-sensory stimulation. And I alluded to that just a wee while ago. We stimulate the senses through all, um, through sound, through taste, uh, through touch, through smell, and through visual images. And these are powerful triggers of memories. And so what we're trying to do is to keep those memories alive uh, for as long as possible. I can't and so it. that's... Oh. I'm a, sorry. No, no, you keep going, and I'll jump well, in after. The, yeah. No, that's... Okay, what... yeah, that's, that's some of the theory that's um, that's based that, that this program is based on. How can people access this program? Uh, right. Well, um, we are going to, we will be um, uh, putting the, uh, I'm not quite sure how or when, to be honest with you, but the manual will be available um, to download um, as a digital uh, resource. Um, at the moment, what I am doing is, or myself and my colleagues, um, Kathy Perry and Gary Shong, we are 
traveling around the country. We're going to be going to about five different sites and we're going to be training uh, people to be facilitators of the program. So in order to uh, to conduct this or to carry it or to um, yeah to have this program, a person needs to be trained in it. So I was trained um, by Amy Spector, who designed and developed the program originally in the UK. I was I was um, trained by her, and now we are training trainee trainers in New Zealand. Um, people can contact me, but generally what we want to do is to get it out into the um, public domain so that um, various health organisations, uh, Māori NGOs, Māori health organisations will pick it up um, <clears throat> and will, we'll, um, you know, sort of like uh, send their, their staff along to me or get them to contact me so that we can provide some training for them and then they can go out and run the program themselves in their own areas and yeah, in their own organisations. I've had a question come in from a listener via text. How does the new word, mate wari translate to English without using the word dementia? Do you have a translation? So, so mate wari so in this context, mate means unwell, means sick or unwell. Somebody said to me once, oh, but mate means death or to die. I said, yes, but it also means unwell and sick. And in this context, that's what it means, okay? So mate means sick or unwell. Wari wari means to forget, forgetfulness. That's that's what the that's what the translation is into English. And that's the closest um, term that, um, and as I said before, that's the most common term that's used. Mate to be sick to be unwell, worry, worry, uh, to be forgetful. Dr. Makarina Dudley, thank you so much. That was a very, very fast 20-minute conversation with you oh. and very insightful, appreciating your time tonight. Thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you. Ngamahi. Kia ora.